Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. This is Max Pittman from Write For Me, and you're listening to another episode of the Business Ninjas podcast, where we meet the experts who are making things happen and scaling their businesses. And today we're talking about Dooley Gambala Law with Mr. Matt Dooley, who is the managing partner there at Dooley Gambala. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us, Max. Yeah, I appreciate you being here and uh, looking forward to, to having you tell your story and all the exciting things that are going on there at Dooley Gambala. Um, uh, for everyone who's who's not familiar, Dooley Gambala uh, is a general practice firm. Um, they've been around since the 1930s. Um, so I can't wait to hear a little bit about you know what brought you um, to be a part of this firm, Matt, um, and, uh, and to dive into what's going on and where your focus areas are. Um, but before we dive into the organization itself, you know, our community is, is actually built of executives and entrepreneurs, um, but also lots of sales and marketing leaders. So, you know, potentially some of the people listening could be potential clients for you from a B2B perspective. So I'd love it, you know, if you could tell our community just a little bit about yourself um, and maybe some of the things you're focused on as a way to kick things off. Sure. Well, thanks. I guess, um, you know, maybe let me start about the history. I think that's important to anyone who's thinking about a, a relationship with an attorney and uh, knowing kind of how they got where they are is important. As you said, we've been around since the 1930s uh, in different iterations. Firm has changed name since that time, which is uh, not uncommon in our business. Uh, but we trace our roots back to 1931. Uh, right now, we're in a real, I think, a really exciting time. Like some businesses, uh, we've been using COVID as a catalyst to grow instead of a catalyst to shrink. Uh, we've taken advantage of all the tools that uh, we all came to know, like Zoom in this case, uh, Teams and so forth, to really project our practice well beyond where we were based in Ohio. Uh, a lot of our lawyers are barred in a lot of different states. I personally practice from coast to coast, uh, mostly in federal court. Uh, and so we've really been able to, again, really been able to grow exponentially in the last two years. We do everything from uh, the family individual type cases that a lot of law firms handle, whether they're custody and marital and, and estate planning and probate all the way up to about the company type litigation, which is kind of where I focus my time. Very cool. Yeah, I appreciate you diving into the background and uh, kind of the origin story there. And that's that's really it's really incredible um, to, to still be around. I know in some different iterations, but um, that's that's really cool. And let's talk a little bit about like what your focus is. Um, we talked a little bit about like your focus maybe being on you know on institutional side. So like what's what are some of the problems that you're solving for some of those clients? So we we kind of in our institutional practice have really two groups of clients. There's the the governmental side, um, and I what I mean by that are local governments, uh, special districts, you know, the schools, the cities, the villages, the townships, the counties themselves. Those are all government clients. Then we have a a very significant business practice where we represent businesses of all sizes, from small to medium to large. Um, you know, we've really tried to again think outside the box within those within those I guess categories. We always try to focus on the most underserved area just to become you know sort of a niche market for our clients. And I think what we've been able to do well is be very flexible and very agile in the way that we deliver legal services. So most people think of lawyers as selling their time by the hour, and that's becoming less and less uh, attractive. The decision makers, particularly in-house counsel who are looking to outsource legal work um, or clients in general who have a hard time predicting what something will cost because 
lawyers can be expensive and therefore uh, kind of a call of last resort. And so what we've tried to do to build the business and ease some of that unpredictability is focus on flat fee engagements and unique ways of delivering services that we call Council 365. Um, I think a lot of people are used to things like Microsoft 365 or Office 365. And when you hear those phrases together, you think of it as kind of like a, an all-encompassing package. And that's what Council 365 has become for us. Uh, we're in the process of hopefully this in the next couple of months rolling out a very um, robust platform that we want to market to not only small businesses who probably should have in-house counsel, but don't, that also small, uh, medium-sized and larger businesses that have in-house counsel that are used to going to four, five, six, seven different firms for different things, be it real estate or litigation. Uh, we want to be able to deliver that all under one roof. I love that. That's great. That's great. So it almost sounds like adopting a platform model to generate monthly reoccurring predictable revenue for the organization. It's exactly what it is to us, but I think what it's also to the client on their end is that, again, that predictability, because they know that if they're doing an annual budget, legal expenses, setting aside the ups and downs that come with litigation, but ordinary legal expenses can be predicted and planned for. And that's one thing that we've found as we talk to clients, what are they most frustrated about? It's that lack of predictability. Yep. Yep, makes sense, right? A kind of that reactive approach for sure, right? Reacting to problems and issues that come up versus the the proactive approach and having, having um, yeah, like how how do you guys like service that product? Just kind of curious to understand a little bit more about how how are you guys going to be taking this to market. So you know, you think about good lawyering as being a good risk manager, and to pick up on the point you made about being proactive versus reactive, people usually refer something to to lawyers after something bad has happened, and it's you know, how can I fix this? How can you solve this problem? And a lot of times, whatever that problem is, uh, was something that a lawyer on the front end could have probably seen coming and planned for. So let's take a, an obvious example that comes up in a lot of business cases. It's an employment claim. You know, there's an employment claim um, that arose after someone in HR, you know, maybe mishandled something, be it a complaint or didn't apply a policy, or maybe there was no policy. Uh, and then maybe terminated an employee and there's been some litigation as a result. Under our model, you know, we want the client to be encouraged to contact us at the front end when that employee is first starting to percolate as a problem and let us counsel them through that. Let us look at your employee manuals, refine them, give you something you can rely on if you need to terminate somebody for a policy violation. You know, that's a very small example, but it's one where if you're participating kind of in this model with us, we're working with you in the trenches alongside you to make sure that if things go south, you know, we've got the building blocks we need to defend the case. That's really, really interesting. Um, and how are the how are the clients like interacting with you, like within the platform? Like how how is that going to look? So when we um, one of the things that we did recently is we renovated our space, our physical space here. And it was important as we did that to take all of our conference rooms and build them out as, as full-on Zoom rooms. And I'm not in one of those today. I'm in my, my own office here. But, you know, all of our conference rooms have Zoom capabilities so that we can interface face-to-face -face like this with clients live on demand. So, as I mentioned before, our practice is uh, across the country. And so, if we have a client who's not nearby but needs advice now and wants to see us face-to-face, -face, 
we can we can deliver that you know we can be there so to speak um you know a lot of times it's the old-fashioned phone call that uh, gets things kicked off and we're a little bit different in the sense that a lot of our business clients have our cell phone numbers you know i take calls uh, not always probably proud to say this but i take calls late at night weekends early in the morning you know sometimes for the chagrin of the people around me but uh you know, that's the level of service we want to provide. So again, going back to how clients interact, it's that kind of on-demand 24-7 access that's important to them. Yes. Yeah. Don't tell the wife and kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it totally makes sense, right? Um, you want to be there. And like, there's obviously so many different elements to running a law firm from obviously being your own business owner. Um, you're also being like a mediator slash like psychologist. Um, and you're also being a customer service rep all at the same time. And probably there's a few other things I could probably loop in there. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like when you're hiring a lawyer, like those, those things obviously matter, like the customer service perspective, but also like, you know, your expertise and reputation within the marketplace. So what would you say like helps make, you know, you guys stand out um, as a firm? Well, you know, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about how I would pick a doctor in the bedside manner and how that's important too. You know, you want the doctor who has a certain amount of expertise and can solve whatever your health problem is, but you want to be comfortable with them. You want to feel like they listen to you and that, uh, you know, you can communicate whatever you need to. Uh, and I think we kind of look at our relationships the same way. They're, they're relationships built on trust. And so the client has to believe that we know what we're doing and we want to instill that trust by building that personal connection. You know, a lot of our, so a lot of our smaller clients, smaller business clients are family businesses, which is a really neat thing because as we, as we age ourselves, you know, we've seen that transition in the client's business from grandfather to father to grandchild. You know, there's a succession plan in place and those relationships here have kind of continued you know, we have clients that have been around, believe it or not, since the origins of the firm. Um, and so there have been there have been really longstanding commitments on our side and on the client side uh, that we value very much. Absolutely. I mean, you guys wouldn't be be here um, this long, almost 100 years later. Is this the 100 year anniversary? Um, not quite, but we're getting close. We're getting close. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. But yeah, obviously, there's there's integrity um, there. And you know, helping um, you guys obviously deal with very complex, mm -hmm. specialized legal cases, right? So, um, you know, I'd love to understand, from, you know, from your perspective, how are you guys thinking about like the like the next step and challenges you guys might be facing, right? I know there's a focus on you know having a little bit more of a customized, reoccurring model with your know, Council 365 product product, um, but what are some of the other challenges that you guys are are facing right now? Well, I think you know. Candidly, it's hard to it's hard sometimes to find the right team. And, um, you know, we're pleased with the team we have. Uh, and as we grow, we're trying to be very selective in terms of who we bring on. I think one of the things that we're finding ourselves looking at now is is maybe hiring people that aren't geographically close by, um, looking at, you know, alternative ways to bring people on board. We're not all in the office anymore, you know, some of us more than others, but the whole Remote work concept has been hard, I think, for for some of us to get used to, but it's become a necessity in order to staff our matters with the best talent. And that's what we're focused on more than anything is finding the top talent. Uh, sure. And so you have to look. Sometimes you have to look beyond your your commute distance, if you will, to find people who have what it takes to succeed under our rubric. 
You know, we're, we look for EQ as much as we look for IQ. Back to your comment about how we interact with clients. I think finding people with the right personalities who can also deliver the right results. I mean, that's a recipe for success, but it, sometimes it's hard to find that person. So that's our biggest challenge, Max. Um, other than that, you know, I think just trying to stay, to, to stay, um, um, I guess, focused on something that we believe is a true niche. You know, it's easy sometimes to divert and say, well, that looks shiny and new and let's go over there and try that, you know, but we really want to stay focused on what we think is the best thing for our clients. And so we've tried to kind of close out the noise around us and, and stay focused again on the Council 365 concept and some of the things that we know we do really well. You know, you mentioned we're a general firm, but we're not jacks of all trades and masters of none. Yeah. And so we've been we've been careful to make sure that we stick to what we know and we bring in people externally if it's something that we're not comfortable with. Sure. So definitely sounds like scaling um, in the right places with the with the right people and also, um, you know, taking, you know, innovating and, you know, building a product and building some more predictability. Um, you know, those are some ways you guys are, are growing and scaling. What about like, how are you staying like top of mind, right? How are you separating you know, yourselves from the competition and staying relevant um, and, and winning opportunities and cases? So that's an interesting question because it's it's very current to us in the sense that we have not historically done a lot to market. And I think maybe the core of your question relates to our marketing. And I think, again, going back to the 30s, you know, we were never a firm that spent a lot of time, uh, you know, doing traditional marketing. I guess at that time, you know, we're talking about yellow pages and billboards and things like that, church bulletins. Um, you know, that was never a thing that we did. We've always been very successful based solely on word of mouth and, um, you know, developing relationships and going to conferences and so forth. But now we're thinking, well, wow, we've been able to do so much without trying, you know, what can we achieve if we actually try? And so, you know, looking at marketing opportunities, hiring someone whose sole job here in the firm is to, is to work on marketing uh, was a big step for us. You know, I think lawyers want to do it all. Uh, you hit you hit the point earlier about running a business and practicing law and trying to market. And we finally realized that to be successful, we can't try to do all those things at the same time. Yeah. So we're rebranding uh, our new our website. We've renovated our physical space. You know, we're bringing in people that have a lot of excitement and a lot of ideas and looking to outside partners to help us go to the next level. Love it. That's great. And how how are you thinking about like the education process and thinking about you know, a, a prospective customer, like how is, how, I guess, how's marketing playing into that education for, you know, for helping you guys in, in winning those, winning those cases and clients? Um, you know, I guess sometimes it's important to educate people when they have a problem and help them spot it ahead of time. And I know that's an area where back to our marketing strategies, we want to start to focus more in terms of kind of illustrating from the, from the trenches as a litigator, a lot of my, I guess, war stories and, and so forth are helpful to clients because I can say, look, I've been down this road before. I know where this is going to go. Uh, here, I'm, I'm telling you ahead of time, I see this one point. No, this is how it's going to snowball. And so trying to spend more time publishing material on that for, for clients and so forth and being a resource is one of our goals. Um, taking those war stories and turning in them from the reactive side to the proactive side, if that makes sense. Absolutely. 
um, especially all the wins, right? But also the things you learn from um, as well and, and the things like you're seeing in the market or seeing from your cases that, you know, are unique that you guys could, you know, be building out as, as content ideas, um, I think are, are, you know, places that I think you, know, you guys can stand out with because um, content is, is a great way to uh, obviously grow and, and show your thought leadership and show you guys know what you guys are, are doing. And obviously you do, right? Um, but, you know, to an outside perspective, like, you know, not everyone lives in the office with you guys. No one's, a lot of people haven't, haven't worked with you. Um, but, you know, content is a way for, you know, clients to, to really grow and scale and, uh, and educate on, you know, their expertises. Are there specific, um, are there specific like uh, cases that, you know, you guys want to work within based on like, you know, think about like that, that institutional customer, right? Like, can you give us like a couple examples of like areas that, you know, you would want to focus in on working or areas that maybe you would want to avoid? You know, I don't want to avoid anything necessarily. I think, um, you know, litigation is a complex thing. Uh, it's hard sometimes to manage. I don't mean hard intellectually, but it's hard with clients who haven't been through it before. And so I think one of our real strong suits is to be able to lead clients through litigation to do it well. Um, you know, I think I want to touch on something you said a minute ago that I neglected to mention too, in terms of the education piece is that one of the things we do that a lot of firms don't is we monitor nationwide dockets. We monitor uh, a lot of the different um, outlets, if you will, that give us real-time intel on what's going on in our industry and what's going on in our client's industry. So manufacturing is a big segment for us. And so, you know, when you talk about focusing on certain areas, manufacturing is a big area for us, not only in litigation, but dealing with supplier disputes, dealing with customer agreements, how can we add value to that to that for the client? Are you going to spend money on us? Yeah, but are we going to save you or, or help you make more? Ideally, yes. So for us, it's always about being value added uh, and not just a cost purely. Um, but I think again, manufacturing uh, businesses in general uh, are always within our swing zone. You know, we do everything from the small farm business all the way up to the, to the large distributors and manufacturers that sell things that are you know, in your home. So there's really nothing that I would say, no, I don't wanna deal with that. Yeah. Um, because within that, you know, there's, a, there's a subject matter expertise, sure, and I'm not saying we're, again, jacks of all trades, but a lot of those skills translate depending on the industry. Gotcha. And then from um, like a geographic perspective, I know with Office or not Office, <laughs> Council 365, um, that's opening up, like, obviously your work to a wide variety of, of geographic regions and pr probably throughout the continental U.S., but like, where where would you say your geographic focus is today? Um, you know, we're based in Ohio, and so we'll always have that that kind of hometown connection, if you will. Um, but, you know, when you think about a lot of our, our, I guess, our marketing plans, it's really south. You know, I happen to be also licensed in Florida. So, we do a fair amount of work in Florida uh, in addition to the kind of coast to coast parameters. But I think we're never going to be in New York City and we're fine with that. We're never going to be in L.A. And we're fine with that. Um, but, you know, we like to think of ourselves as kind of going west and south geographically. Makes sense. Makes I just yeah, I know that there's only certain places people can practice, obviously, with different bars. So I was just kind of curious where sure. your just was for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. We have lawyers that are licensed in many different states. I personally do a lot of federal work. And so in federal court, the rules are a little bit different. Um, 
you know, I have full-time admission in probably 15 to 20 federal district courts. And then where I'm not full-time admitted, I can seek what's called pro hoc vice admission. So, you know, it's case by case type of thing. So we're really not hamstrung geographically like some people would probably think uh, because of that and because we bring in lawyers that have those, those licenses where needed. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's helpful. Well, look, as we as we kind of wrap things up here, um, like, are you are you seeing any any trends or, you know, like I, I'm not I don't live in your world. I'm a novice in a lot of different things. Like, is it trends and strategies or tactics, you know, to build stronger cases? Is it, you know, are there any misconceptions that people have about, you know, the processes you guys have? And just kind of want to leave the floor open to, you know, see if there's anything top of mind that you want to share there. You know, I think trends, you know, there, certainly there's a willingness to fight maybe more than there used to be uh, in litigation. And one of the unfortunate sides of that is that the litigants themselves, sometimes the lawyers, uh, can become more pugilistic. And so in that respect, litigation is is kind of a blood sport sometimes. It doesn't have to be, but some people make it that way. Uh, it can be a little stomach turning, quite frankly. Um, but there seems to be a real desire now among parties to just fight, you know, yeah. Uh, to the end. And in this case, the end is usually a trial or or something close to it. Um, by the same token, we do see cases get resolved all the way up to that point of trial. And so for a business owner, that's frustrating because they're spending a lot of money on lawyers to get to the point where they're going to roll the dice. And it's hard sometimes to expect a client to settle a case on the courthouse steps because they're so invested um, but with models like our Council 365 concept, you know, we're managing that cost a little bit more, putting some, some uh, I guess, some fail safes in place for the client. So they're not looking at breaking the bank. It's not truly going to be about the company outcome just based on legal fees alone. And hopefully can drive cases towards resolution under that framework. So it's a win-win truly. I mean, technology is key in our business now. If you're not using it, you're, you know, you're obsolete. You shouldn't be practicing. You know, we not only use it to manage our docket and to manage our uh, our files and so forth, but we use it for the intel purposes that I mentioned. We have some really cool tools that will give us really detailed information about our opponents, about how they litigate their cases, what arguments they make, when do they win, when do they lose. Uh, the same about judges. You know, we can put in a judge and spit out a really detailed profile on how that judge handles anything. And then those become our tea leaves to advise our clients. But sometimes, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to take that intel, parse it down and say to the client, based on this, this is what's probably going to happen. That's super interesting. Um, it's almost like you're you're building like, um, not necessarily like a cheat sheet, but I feel like it's... Uh, you know, dossier. <laughs> it's sales intelligence is kind of yeah. like what I'm hearing is, yeah, you know, know your, know your competitors better than you kind of know yourself a little bit. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, what advice do you have like to maybe younger lawyers or attorneys just kind of getting started out thinking about their own journey or clerk, people who are clerks, like looking to take the next step, like what kind of advice do you have? So it's it's a it's an interesting question because I happen to also wear another hat here uh, to the extent that I serve as the Bar Association's Bar Council, which means that I am the quote unquote disciplinary counsel for my peers here, uh, not in the firm but in the in the county itself. And so I see 
you know, kind of the, the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, among my peers. You know, lawyers play by what's called the rules of professional conduct. It's our playbook for ethics. And so as disciplinary counsel, it's my job to enforce those rules among my peers. And one of the big areas where I, I guess I would maybe counsel young lawyers is just in associating with the more experienced lawyer. Too many lawyers come out of law school now and they hang a shingle and they want to be lawyers. And law school doesn't prepare you to practice law. It doesn't prepare you to interface with clients. Um, you know, you may be very book smart, uh, but when it comes to getting in a courtroom and, and dealing with some of these issues, unless you've attached yourself to somebody with experience, then you're going to find yourself uh, underwater pretty quickly. Um, one of the things that we do here at my firm is we have a very, I think, robust summer associate program. And I always explain to candidates when they're interviewing for these positions that we're essentially paying you to learn. You know, we're giving you a platform to kind of experience practicing law in the real world uh, at our cost. <laughs> but we hope when you leave here, if we don't hire you, but if, when you leave here, uh, you're a better lawyer because of the experience. So I guess the number one rule, associate yourself with someone who has experience. Absolutely. Yeah, you could say that about about any you know uh, career change or growth trajectory is being with uh, you know the right people who know the industry and know the space and also are experts. Right, right? Uh, surround yourself with people who are, are smarter than you. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, so finally, like, how can individuals and you know our, our audience how how should they reach out to to you, Matt and Julie Gambala, if they you know need assistance or services or, or want to learn more about your firm? Well, a phone call the old-fashioned way is, is always great. You know, we we love talking to new potential clients. Um, you know, I think people generally don't call lawyers again. Like I said earlier, they think they're going to get a bill. That's not how we work. So we love the opportunity just to talk to clients and see if we can be of help. And if we can, great. And if we think there's another approach they should take, we'll advise them. Uh, so the old-fashioned phone is always good. Um, email is a good alternative, but you'll probably get a response back from me saying, how about a time for a call? Uh, I just... <laughs> I personally enjoy talking to people, whether it's by Zoom or Teams or on the phone, as opposed to just back and forth email all the time. Too much is lost in translation there. So again, I would encourage someone just to call anytime. Website uh, is Dooley Gambala. So that's D-O-O-L-E-Y-G-E-M-B-A-L-A.com, DooleyGambala.com. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the phone number that I see on the website uh, four, four, zero, nine, three, zero, four, zero, zero, one. Is that the right number? That's right. That's yeah. right. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone. Uh, thank you so much for listening, uh, to, uh, the business ninjas podcast. If you need any assistance, don't hesitate to reach out to Matt and Dooley Gambala. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for being here and taking part in the, the, the conversation. I definitely enjoyed it. I, it's good to, to good to um, kind of learn more about you. And I feel like I've, I've definitely learned more about what you guys are focusing in on. I'm excited to see how Council 365 launch goes here, hopefully in the next couple couple months. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of the day. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io. W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E dot I-O and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.